Pastor Ed Ray on the very best gift given on Christmas. Jesus would be the best thing that had ever happened to a Gentile and still is the best thing that could ever happen to a Jew. And Joseph, the carpenter from Nazareth, and Jesus' mother, they marveled, same word, they wondered. They were stunned at the things which were spoken by this man. Zion, now filled with hands, and in this place gotta dwell with man. Sit be healed and the crippled stand singing hallelujah. My kingdom built with the blood of my son, selfless sacrifice for everyone. Faith, hope, love, and harmony. I said, let this world know me by your It's that time of year that most of us love, Christmas time. And perhaps you have some kids that love it so much, they're already planning out the next Christmas here on the 26th of December. Luke chapter 2 tells the Christmas story from the manger to the fields nearby, where an angel shared the news to some shepherds. Now these shepherds are the first to be notified of Jesus' birth and an important part of the nativity story. Here's Pastor Ed Ray with the exciting details on Growing Grace. The mangers are made out of stone, chipped out of limestone, usually a softer stone. And you can find them, in fact, if you go to Masada or to various other sites that archaeologists have dug up, there's always some of these, they call them troughs, but they're mangers that you put hay in for an animal. So the sign is a baby in an animal trough. <laughs> what? And then just as soon as they heard that, and suddenly with that angel, a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, suddenly there was this like a bang. And other angels showed up. How many? Literally the word in Greek is ten thousands, plural. 10,000 times 10,000 times 10,000 times 10,000. Well, how many angels are there? I don't know. There's a lot of them. And the word that Dr. Luke uses to describe them is a military term. The Greek word for heavenly host describes an angel that is cloaked for battle, ready to fight. So, the heavenly hosts is a large group, and they start the first Christmas carol. Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Somebody said, because it's shepherd, they should have sung glory to God in the lowest and the highest. Peace, there's that word again, shalom. That's such a popular word in the Bible, 996 times the word appears in the Old and New Testament. Peace, salim in Arabic, salom in Hebrew. And when a Jew says that to you, if you go to Israel, 
They, what they're saying is much more powerful than just absence of strife. Shalom means back to the garden, the garden of Eden. May your day be just like a day living in the garden of Eden. And on earth, peace, shalom, and goodwill towards men. Literally, men who are living in God's will, peace among a man who are approved by God. Men and women who are given their life to serve God. Peace, shalom. And so it was when the angels had gone away, turned out the lights from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us now go. They've heard the message about the Messiah and they want to share it. They want to see it. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste. They were in a hurry. And they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. The first Christmas rush, someone said, they're in a hurry. And there is a time in everyone's life when you must drop everything and go and do something more important than what you're doing. Here it is to meet the Savior. Preoccupied with things that would keep you from seeing him, drop it all. Go and tell, verse 17. Now when they had seen him, Jesus, they made widely knowing the same which was told them concerning this child. The first evangelists or shepherds. Did people believe them? Maybe not because they were shepherds, right? There's no record of others going, we better run over to Bethlehem and see this. But what's even stranger to me is there's no rabbis, there's no priests from the temple. It's only three miles, three and a half miles to Bethlehem. And they were all too busy. Nobody even bothered to visit. The Messiah has come to earth. Eh, I'm busy. I'm doing stuff. So they didn't give the message to religious people. They gave the message to just ordinary sinners like you and like me. All those who, all those who heard it, the ones that did hear it around Bethlehem, we assume, verse 18, marveled, great word, it actually means wondered, stunned, mysterious. Something that they're turning over in their mind. They marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. People were talking about it. They were wondering about it, trying to understand how could this be. But Mary, the mother, She kept all these things that the shepherds told her they saw and pondered them in her heart. The word means to compare. So Mary, 14, 15 years old, knows that she was visited by Gabriel. She knows what the angel said to her, but it must not be real yet. 
And she's wondering. These shepherds saw angels. They said, my son, my baby is the Messiah. Verse 20, then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God. They're worshiping God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. What was told them? That a Savior, the Messiah, Christ the Lord. When the eight days, verse 21, were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Yeshua, Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Dr. Luke is a physician. He's very aware of the dangers of circumcision for a baby boy. Leviticus chapter 12, verse 1 in the Old Testament law says you must wait eight days to circumcise a baby boy. We had no idea why that was important until 1974. I was in grad school in biochemistry and there was a paper that came out about vitamin K, coagulase, hard K in German. They discovered the thing that keeps our bodies from bleeding all the time we have platelets and this coagulation scheme, a cascade it's called, that goes on in our bodies. We don't have to think about it. We don't have to think about this thing, but it doesn't start working until the, you guessed it, eighth day. Because the baby's gut, his GI tract, doesn't get milk in it until about the seventh or eighth day long enough to form its own vitamin K. So if you have a son born at Loma Linda or Redlands Community Hospital today, you don't have to wait the 80s. You're in a hurry, you're ready to go home the next day, right? Give the baby a big slug of vitamin K and they don't bleed to death. You can rush the system. They didn't know that. 2,000 years ago. In fact, they didn't know that 40 years ago. So I have scientist friends that say to me, how do you have enough faith to believe in God? How do you have enough faith to not believe in God? His name, Jesus. Common name in that day, like Harry or Fred. Call his name Fred. It just doesn't sound the same. It doesn't work so good. But literally, Yoshia, or Joshua, is literally Yah, as in Yahovah, or Yahweh, the name of God. Yahshua, Savior. God's Savior. Jesus' name means God's Savior. Huh. Proverbs 18 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous shall run to it and are safe. You make your home in Yahshua, and you are safe. 
That's Pastor Ed Ray on Growing Grace. He's covering Luke chapter 2 today. Let's get right back to it. We left off at verse 22. Now, this fascinating section for me, I hope it is for you. Jesus is taken to the temple. Now, when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were complete, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Now, the law says after 32 days after circumcision, so 40 days later, they had to go back to the temple again. But, but they're not far. They're only three miles away. So 32 days after the circumcision of the child, Leviticus 12, 4, they go to the temple to offer a sacrifice. Now, it says there that they're supposed to offer a lamb unless they're too poor, and then they can offer a couple of birds. To offer a sacrifice, verse 24, according to what the law of the Lord said, a pair of turtles or two young pigeons. So these were not rich people. They were broke. Besides, Mary didn't need another lamb. She already had the lamb of God in her hands. So, but didn't God tell her she was going to be highly favored amongst women? Greatly blessed by God? Sometimes blessing carries with it some pain, as we'll see. 25, and now there was a man in Jerusalem. His name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation, the Messiah of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was epi, upon him. Simeon is another common name, but this man was uncommon. He was equitable. He was fair. He was right. That's what the word just means. And he was devout careful with his life. That's what the Greek word means. He was a godly man, serious about his relationship with God. But he was waiting for the Messiah, as all of Israel was, but he had a different take on it. Because it seems that God had spoken to him that he would see the Messiah with his own eyes. Only a few believers in the Old Testament are said to have the Holy Spirit upon them. So he was an unusual person. So this couple comes into the temple where he's been hanging out, trying to find the Messiah. Verse 26, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. How old was he? I don't know. But he was ready to go to heaven. God said, you're not going to die. And so... I would, if I was him, I'd be every day at the temple going, is today the day, Lord, I'm ready to go home? Is this the one? How about that baby over there? What about this one? So he came by the Spirit, led by God, into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, offer another sacrifice and dedicate him to the Lord. Simeon asks for the baby. Walks up to this 14-year-old and says, I'm sorry, but would you let me hold your baby? And he took him up in his arms, verse 28, and blessed God. 
I said, God, you are so awesome that you have sent a savior for me. Now, this is actually a song. It's called Simeon Psalms, or Nunic Dimittis is the Latin term for it. It's been sung for 2,000 years. I don't know the melody line, but it's sung in Turkey right now. And it begins in verse 29. Lord, now you are telling your servant, depart, letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. He was ready to go, and finally gets the word. God's promise has been fulfilled, and he gets the day off tomorrow <laughs> in heaven. Now, the word depart is interesting. It's a Greek slave term to give liberty to a slave. You're getting set free tomorrow <laughs> according to God's word. For my eyes, he's singing. For my eyes have seen your salvation. My eyes have seen the one fitted to save others, literally it says, which you have prepared before the face of all people. Revelation 7 verse 9 says, all nations, all tongues, all tribes. Doesn't matter what race, doesn't matter what language, doesn't matter what education, doesn't matter what part of the world you were raised or born in. To bring light, to anyone, verse 32, to bring revelation, the uncovering, to the Gentiles, to the non-Jews, and the glory of your people Israel, to Jews and non-Jews alike, everybody is the point. Jesus would be the best thing that had ever happened to a Gentile, and still is the best thing that could ever happen to a Jew. And Joseph, the carpenter from Nazareth, and Jesus' mother, they marveled, same word, they wondered. They were stunned at the things which were spoken by this man. You see, God is confirming to them that what the angel said was true, that the shepherd said is true. He's being careful to give them further evidence a mind-blowing event that they were part of, and they marveled at it. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against Simeon prophesied about their sorrow that Mary would feel at the crucifixion. Born in the home of a poor carpenter from Nazareth. But this elderly man had great faith. He knew that this was God, the Son. And you're greatly blessed, Mary, but there's a cost. Blessing sometimes carries with it pain. Yes, the sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. The thinking of a person has been laid open for many, he said. 
Let's go back and look at verse 18 to close. And all of those who heard it marveled, wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherd. They were amazed, wonder-filled. If you go today up on the Pacific Crest Trail in the section that runs through the San Bernardino Mountains, very close to our house, you'll find the John Muir Trail also. In fact, they're synonymous that run from Mexican border all the way up to Canada. John Muir was the son of a pastor. His father was a teaching church elder and taught him scripture. But his father was an unusual man in that he looked for God in nature. He wanted to see the details of a leaf and veins in it or a tiny insect and he said he's often found on his stomach in the grass going through the grass looking at the little world of small beans down there and he taught John Muir that truth and so John Muir became a naturalist and a man who sought for God in nature and an extremist explorer and he was really a one man influenced to have the national parks set aside in America. Muir was a man in 1874 who was alone in a cabin on the high Sierras. And there was a Pacific storm that hit unusually hard that year. And he was looking to write a book. He was in the process of writing. And he was sitting there enjoying the wind, but it began to get louder and louder. He wasn't worried about his safety because the cabin had been built for this in mind. And the storm grew to fierce intensity so that even small pine trees were pushed over. And this year is where he was. This was a man, I said, who loved to meet God in nature. And so he went out into the storm and he climbed 50 feet up a Douglas fir to ride out the storm, quote, so he could experience the excitement of the sound, scent, and sheer force of the wind that God was sending. Tree going back and forth. He took in all of it, and he relished and wanted to experience it, all the energy of God in the storm, he wrote. I think it's a good illustration of a adventure for the believer who seeks God. The real joy of Christmas will never be found in our little warm houses. We need to be ready to venture out into the unknown and serve God. Walking with God is not an escape in a cozy home. It's not a coping mechanism. Serving God isn't a set of crutches. It's about a life that's lived for him. That's what Christmas is all about. Thank God for Jesus. Pastor Ed Ray with a teaching from the Gospel of Luke announcing that a Savior has come who is Christ the Lord. Let's tell the world. This is Grow in Grace. 
For a CD copy of today's message, call 844-77-GRACE. That's 844-77-GRACE. Or listen online at thepackinghouse.org. And look for us on iTunes as well. We can hook you up with many more resources to help you grow in grace when you visit thepackinghouse.org, like Pastor Ed's devotional. Speaking of resources, today we'd like to make special mention of Fearfully and Wonderfully Made, authored by renowned surgeon Dr. Paul Brand and Philip Yancey. Together they explore the human body and uncover statements that God has made about our bodies. They point out that the human body is like a window into the very structure of God's creation and a testament to God's glory. This month, we'll send this to those of you who support Grow in Grace with a donation of any amount. You might think of it as our way of saying thanks. Please remember that your gifts help us to bring Pastor Ed's teachings to the radio every day. To make a year-end contribution, go online at thepackinghouse.org or call 844-77-GRACE. Tomorrow on Growing Grace, we'll return to our study of 2 Timothy. We'll be in chapter 2 if you want to read ahead. This program is brought to you by the Packing House Christian Fellowship in Redlands. Zion, now filled with hands, and in this place got to dwell with man. Sick be healed and the crippled stand singing hallelujah. My kingdom built with the blood of my son, selfless sacrifice for everyone. Faith, hope, love, and harmony. I said let this world know me.